having a great time. We've had a great time with encounters and uh, the real move and freshness of the Spirit on Wednesday night. And I believe God wants to do something very special this morning and something um, very specific. And we're going to hear the word first and then somebody's going to share a testimony and then we're going to pray together because I believe that the action after the word is going to be essential to see what God wants to do. So, um, so listen carefully because you will know what to do um, if you don't zone out and uh, uh, just try and kind of stay with us. If you're new to the church, well, maybe we're a bit different to what you're used to, but we believe in the authority of the Word of God. And uh, we, can, we can find our safe space there, but also we believe in the power of the Holy Spirit and that the church is, is to be filled with the Holy Spirit as a people. And so um, I just want to just declare our faith in all that Jesus has done for us to live in the fullness of life that he died to bring us. If you brought a Bible or you've got your phones, let's turn to Genesis 26. I always prefer paper, but some people prefer their phones or their tablets. However it is, you might even see it up on the screen. It's good to read the word as we hear it as well. Um, Genesis 26. I'm just going to um, start with telling you who Isaac is before we read these few verses. Isaac is the son of a man called Abraham. And God began to bring the salvation, the plan of salvation through this one man called Abraham. And God spoke to him that he would have descendants. And many of you will remember, you can read it in the beginning of Genesis, how Abraham and his wife Sarah couldn't naturally have children. And God promised them a son. And this son was called Isaac. And Isaac is different because he was born not in the ordinary way. He was born of promise, born of faith. And that means something to us now as believers and followers, that we, if we believe in Jesus, we are not born just in the ordinary way. Naturally speaking, you wouldn't be here if your mum and dad hadn't had you. But spiritually speaking, you are not born just ordinary because you're born again through faith in Jesus Christ. If you confess Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, God lives in you and you live in God. So that makes you very not ordinary. I know that's not great English, but it's emphasis. You are not ordinary. You're not born in the ordinary way. You're born again, born of God. And he's put his spirit within you. So Isaac is this son of promise. And we're going to read the first six verses. And it says here, There was a famine in the land besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of Philistines, in Gerar. Then the Lord appeared to him and said, do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land which I shall tell you. Dwell in this land and I will be with you and bless you. For to you and to your descendants I give all these lands. And I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham your father. And I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of the heaven. And I will give descendants, your descendants, these lands. And your, in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. I love that. Because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. Short verse, verse 6. So Isaac dwelt in Gerar. That's a very short verse. So there's a famine in the land. 
And that can relate to our story, sometimes in our journey through life and following Jesus. We can feel like things are drying up and things are difficult, whether it's a drought relationally, a a drought spiritually, a drought in your working life financially, whatever it is. And I love scripture because it speaks of real situations which believers go through. It doesn't actually fudge those issues. But God is always wanting to bring the solution into every issue. Now Isaac, being responsible for his family and his servants, he's planning, because that's a lot of time what men do. And so do women too. We make plans, don't we? So he's making plans. And his plans are, well, I don't like it here. It's not good here. I'm going to shift. I better go where the food is. So he's thinking, naturally, that actually Egypt might be a good location over there. And many times we plan to go over there. And God had to interrupt the plan and speak his word right into that situation. And he said directly to him, don't move. He said directly to him, don't move. Sometimes God says move. Sometimes he says, don't move. And this is really significant for a life of a Christian. Because many people are moved by circumstances rather than moved by the, to be in the place God has called them to be with the people God has called them to be because when you're planted in the house of the Lord the body you will flourish that's a promise and so the enemy is always creating trouble and circumstances to get you on your move out of the land that God has called you to be in. Out of the church God's called you to be in. Out of the relationship God has called you to be in. And so trouble, if we're not wise, can move us. But we need to be moved by God, not by famine. So Isaac heard God and changed his plans. You can be planning, but this morning I I call on you to hear God and say, no, don't move because of trouble. God says, stay, I'm going to bless you. Now, he doesn't just say stay and ride out the famine. He says, stay because I'm going to bless you. Because he's good. I've decided God is good and I will not change my opinion. (laughs) Stay and I will bless you and I will multiply you. You're going to grow where I put you. You're going to grow where I put you. So Isaac repents is the uh, current is the word that we would use he makes the changes he changes his mind his choices and he decides to sow in the land but what's interesting to me is that God in giving these promises to Isaac he says I'm going to bless you I'm going to multiply you and he says because Abraham obeyed my commandments I think that's a massive massive statement from God. Isaac, I'm going to bless you because your dad obeyed me. I don't think we are awake to the truth that our obedience blesses future generations. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The significance of obedience. Now, Abraham didn't just obey God. He believed God. That was the key about him. He was a man of faith. But faith always operates in obedience to what Jesus says to do. It's not just for blessing. It's for doing. So Isaac actually literally had to be in a famine and work the land in famine when things weren't good. 
because he obeyed God, but he believed God in the obedience. That's the key. You stay, you believe God, you obey God, but you say, Lord, you said you're going to bless me. You said I'm going to see the fruit, and you said I I, I need to be here, so I'm going to work the land. I'm going to sow. I'm not just going to watch and wait for heaven to... I'm going to get working the land. And Isaac knew that actually his dad's obedience mattered. Now Isaac's turn had come. It's our turn. Say, it's my turn. It's my turn to bless future generations with obedience to following Jesus. Blessed is the man whose heart is set on following pilgrimage. Because what will happen? You'll be blessed, but also you will become a place where there is a spring, a life-giving spring. So, Isaac makes the right choice. He obeys God, and it sets his future up and future generations to inherit the promise. Oh, never underestimate your obedience to Jesus and how much you are blessing. You may not know it now, but it has eternal consequences. Many will come into the kingdom because you do what Jesus says to do, faithfully and loyally. And many in this place have faithfully obeyed the Lord. I'm here to tell you, your obedience is bringing blessing on the next generation and the generations to come. That's good news. That is good news. And it's good news to hear the Lord today if you haven't been. You can turn, like Isaac, change your plans, and start to walk with God. Amen. You can change from being independent, doing life on your own, to being a part of what God is doing in the place he calls you to be. Then we're moving on to Genesis. We're going to look at verse 17 of the same chapter and just read a few verses because this is really, um, we're going to home in on what God wants to do today. But that's been an important part of understanding uh, how this relates to our lives. Verse 17. Then Isaac departed from there and pitched his tent in the valley of Gerar and dwelt there. And Isaac dug again the wells of water which they dug in the days of Abraham his father. For the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham. And he called them by the names which his father had called them. Also, Isaac's servants dug in the valley and found a well of running water. But the herdsmen of Gerar quarreled with Isaac's herdsmen, saying, The water's ours. So he called the name of the well Essek, which means quarrel, because they quarreled with him. Then they dug another well, and they quarreled over that one as well. Interesting, isn't it? So they called its name Sitna, which means enmity. And he moved from there and dug another well. There's a lot of well digging going on. And he called its name Rehoboath because they didn't quarrel over this one. Because he said, for now, the Lord has made room for us and we shall be fruitful in the land. For now, the Lord has made room for us in a place of peace and we will be fruitful in the land. In the land, the place where God's called us. Now, this is really interesting because in the Middle East, you imagine without water, you die. Your flocks die, but so do you and your family. You will not survive without water. And always the natural speaks of spiritual things in the Bible. And so this natural picture of a well blocked up means the water has stopped Therefore, inevitably, people will die. And this speaks of the Holy Spirit. Water speaks 
It's a symbol of God, the Holy Spirit. And if you imagine that the water is under the surface, it's in the ground. But currently, Isaac couldn't celebrate because the Philistines had blocked up the source. There's no point celebrating that it's in there. You've got to access it and drink it. It's one thing to have the Spirit in you. It's another to drink (laughs) and live by the Spirit, the life. So the Holy Spirit, Jesus spoke about the Holy Spirit. You remember the woman at the well? He's speaking to the Samaritan woman. And he says, the water I give you will become in you a fountain springing up, a fountain of living water, which speaks of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus spoke in the temple and he said, cried out on the last day of the feast, if anyone's thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Because out of his own innermost being will flow rivers of living water. And scripture doesn't leave you open to interpretation. The scripture actually says he was speaking of the Holy Spirit as a symbol of this river blessing many. But first, springing up to fill you. That's why we are to be a people filled with the Holy Spirit. But what's fascinating to me is that the Philistines, which speak of the enemy, the enemy of God and therefore the enemy of every believer and church. Can I say that again? The enemy of every believer and church, not just individuals. The enemy is against the church. His plan is to stop the water. Because if he can stop the water, we will slowly die. Become religious, uh, lack love. When you're filled with the Spirit, you're filled with God. And the essence of the nature of God is love. You'll get scratchy. You'll get prickly. You'll get critical. You'll get judgmental. Thinking others aren't quite as good as you. Proud. But when the, the Spirit fills you, you will love as Jesus loved. Because it's not by might... It's not because you're naturally like it. It's by the Holy Spirit. Thank God it isn't down to me. Do you not think we could just have a party on that one? It's by the Holy Spirit. But the Philistines did this. The enemy blocked the well. So it is possible, beloved through your own sin and disobedience to grieve the Holy Spirit and to quench the Holy Spirit and to plug up the life of God. Actually, one of the major ways is unforgiveness and offense. (laughs) Unforgiveness stops the very flow of the Holy Spirit as God calls us to and to live in love and unity with one another. But this isn't talking about Isaac's sin. And today, I don't believe the Lord wants to speak to us about those things. He wants to speak to us about the enemy. About what the enemy has done to stop the flow of the Spirit in your life. Okay? Because Isaac had to do something about it. Isaac had to move to action and change what was happening in that well. So he dug again the wells. He reopened the well. Oh Lord, may this be today. New reopening of wells, of what the enemy has thrown in to your life and to us as a church. 
Because I believe God wants to do something corporately here today as a body. Now, some might say, God, do something with the enemy. Okay? But that's not New Testament theology. That's not biblical doctrine. Because God can, of course, (laughs) the enemy's nothing to him. Jesus has defeated him and triumphed over the cross. But he has given us authority. He has delegated authority to you as a follower of Jesus. So in other words, God won't unblock the flow. We have to do something about what the enemy has thrown into our lives to stop the flow of the Holy Spirit. Yes? Jesus said, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm you. Say nothing will harm me. What a statement. The enemy can't harm you. Jesus has given you authority. Authority is the right to exercise the rule of Jesus and serve an eviction notice on whatever the enemy has been trying to put in your well, in your life, and in our lives corporately. James 4, 7 says, You'll know it well, I am sure. Submit to God. Step one. Without that, you can speak to the enemy all day. He won't shift. Okay? You can bind, you can loose, you can puff, pant, fast. You can, you can um, pray for 20 hours. But if your life isn't surrendered, submitted to God, you don't have the authority over the enemy. The authority only comes through surrender, submission. And you could say that Isaac had already done this. Couldn't you? Because you've heard the story already this morning and you're not asleep. He had already been in a place where he'd corrected and made changes to set his heart on following Jesus in the place that God, he he was living in obedience and faith. Simply, I'm going to obey God and stay. I'm going to do what God asked me to do because he's God. But with his lordship over my life, he's also going to bless. And I'm going to be fruitful. Oh, happy days. You could even break out in joy at that point. But Isaac had to do something about what was in. The enemy had put in. To stop the flow of the Holy Spirit. His aim, his aim is to stop you from being filled with God, living in the fullness and the freedom and the power of the Holy Spirit, where you become a world changer because of it. In fact, even the people you live with are going to be surprised because that's where it works. In reality, they will see, my goodness me, they've suddenly become so gracious. They don't kick off when the toothpaste is left where it shouldn't be. They're not mad when everything isn't in the right place and you've had to look after the kids and they come home and they're scratchy. They're full of love, joy, peace. And when the husband comes home or whoever's coming home from work and whoever's at home, I've been working all day, you just sit down and you just expect them. None of that will go on when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. 
Nor will you get scratchy and talk down other believers and be critical of them or even of us as leaders. Because being filled with the Spirit completely changes everything and makes us like Jesus. So Isaac had to unblock the well and remove the obstacles to restore the life flow so that him and his family, because it affects your family, and the church, the community of saints, will be blessed. And this is all a, a fulfillment of blessed is the man whose heart is set on you. When he goes through the valley of trouble, he will make it a place of springs. It's a fulfillment of the word for the year in real life. Now, I, as I'm praying, I'm getting really excited about this message. Can you believe that? I'm getting really excited because I recognize that there's been a problem. And I recognize, because sometimes when there's a problem, I think it's me. Has anybody ever... If there's any problem in the church, usually I think it's because I'm no good. I look to myself first. Because I can never do enough, be enough, be gifted enough, have enough, because I think I'm the problem. So I think, well, it's got to start with me. What's wrong with me, Lord? And joyfully, the Lord has said, it's not you this time. What a joy. And this time he's saying, it's not you. I don't know if you could get happy about that. But I said, Lord, this is exciting, but I don't want to just go, oh, Let's hit the, the enemy just all general. What are the stones that have filled the well, corporately and individually? I thought, Lord, I'm getting some wisdom in my old age. Asking you, identify them. I could guess, but I don't want guess. I want what you're saying they are so this can be a fruitful morning of the release of the flow of the Holy Spirit. The first stone. Knocking spirit working together. That's the first stone. A critical and a mocking spirit. Now, I call this critical and mocking spirit uh, a Tobiah and a Sanballat. And if you know your Bible, you remember the, the people of God came together to rebuild. It's symbolic of rebuilding lives and rebuilding a city. Having a vision to see God take people out of distress and bring them into Christ, actually, into freedom. So the people got together to work, but there was always an opposer. And their names were people called Sanballat and Tobiah. And the enemy uses people, actually. You know that, don't you? But our battle isn't against people. A bit like Isaac, he refused to fight people. But Tobiah and Sanballat were being used by the enemy and in this way, he would come against the work of God and say, whatever you do, do. Whatever steps you take to pray for your family, to serve God, open your home in the Connect groups, to uh, run Mum's Dad's Connect, to be in the worship team, to serve in the sound, to be on media, to serve on the door, the welcome team, the children, whatever you do in your homes to raise a godly family, to stay together and pray together in your homes and have godly relationships and meet together and serve God in workplace, integrity and business. Whatever you do, it's rubbish. It's nothing. 
It's insignificant. And this Tobiah said, even a fox would tear down. Your, your wall would crumble if a fox went up it. And that is an undermining, mocking, critical spirit that criticizes you and criticizes a church. That whatever we do is not enough. And it will never be enough. It's futile to serve God. Has anybody heard that? It's futile to serve God. It's a waste of time. Well, that is the enemy speaking. And a spirit can only be dealt with if we take authority in the name of Jesus and command it leave. And if we submit to God and resist the devil, the promise is he will flee. Say he will flee. I don't know if that speaks into your life personally. It's futile to serve God. It's a waste of time. But I want to tell you today that I believe that is a spirit that's been coming against this church. What's the point? And whatever you're doing for the Lord in your heart, at work, witnessing in your community, what's the point? And I believe we need to address that spirit. Get rid like Isaac and see a flow of encouragement and the life and power of the Spirit. Secondly, there are only two stones you'll be thrilled to hear because we're nearly there this morning and we're going to pray. The other stone that the Lord put on my heart that spoke to me about to get rid of is a spirit of heaviness. A spirit of heaviness. Well, the name itself makes you aware of what it is. It's a demonic spirit that often jumps in on the back of disappointment. If you've been disappointed, this heaviness comes on you and you're sad. It's actually the opposite of what we had from the Lord to start the meeting. He is my lift, the lifter of my head. The spirit of heaviness pushes your head down. God lifts up. Okay, so that's the opposite of, of the work of the Holy Spirit. And you're sad and you're down and life just gets too much. Simple things become a burden and you're just not enjoying. You've lost your joy. You've lost your joy and you've lost your vision. Now that's a spirit. Isaiah speaks about God replacing that spirit with a spirit of praise which is just full of joy and exalting Jesus. It's the opposite to usually people who are under a spirit of heaviness go quiet and withdrawn like a tortoise in the shell. But God wants to release you It's not a natural condition, by the way. When you have God in your life, your natural character changes. Because how can you be filled with God and not change? To a joyful person, even though everything around you hasn't changed. Why? Because the joy doesn't come from you. It comes from him in you. He's the source of joy and peace. Now, how does this translate in the real world? Doug does it. Well, we're going to hear a story today which I was blessed, blessed my socks off, because preparing this word, I knew, I knew we'd heard God for this morning. It's a big morning this morning. Those two things are shifting today. <laughs> They're shifting. Amen. And we've heard the word and we know what we're doing, don't we? We know what we're doing this morning. But I just want you to hear a testimony that I heard after preparing and hearing the Lord from someone who has seen this happen in, a, in their daughter's life this week. So I'm going to invite Catherine to come and speak about the way this spirit works. How the before picture and then 
what she did to see the change in her daughter. Come, Catherine. And I'm going to just hand over to hear this amazing story. Hi. Um, so about this time last week, last weekend, we started to notice a change in Naomi. Just her, she started to lose her joy. We were getting a lot of tears, a lot of sadness about very small things. Getting dressed in the morning was just overwhelming. She, we just had tears all morning. Um, she was just sad about absolutely everything. And as parents, it could be very easy to look at this naturally. And just like Isaac, we were thinking, what do we need to change? What can we do differently to get her to manage these things better? Do we need to change routine? Do we need, I don't know. Nothing was working. And it started to spread through the family, to be honest. I found I couldn't stop crying. <laughs> just leaving the house in the morning, I would find it really hard just to lift myself and it just caused so much unrest in the family. And I was actually chatting to Sunny on Wednesday afternoon, and she just said to me, do you think it's a spirit? And it was, honestly, it was like a light bulb. And even in that, how much do we need each other to help us to see? Because we can get so bogged down in it sometimes. We can't see. We need the body to help us to see what's really going on. And I had the gift of time and space when I got home. My parents had taken the kids for dinner, so I went straight home from work. And I didn't even take my coat off. I just marched straight upstairs and just started to go around each bedroom and just rebuking whatever spirit was at work. Because at the time, I didn't know what it was. But submit to God, resist the devil. And I just walked around the rooms and even just physically was just painting my hands around the doorposts. This house is for the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Went round each of the rooms, walked into Naomi's bedroom, and vroom, it just hit me like a wall. Sorrow. And I just burst into tears. The weight of it was overwhelming as I literally stepped over the threshold of the door. And I immediately rebuked her. I just said, in the name of Jesus, spirit of sorrow, go. And I just started to pray for her, just poured out prayer, blessing on her, restored joy, protection over her mind, laid my hands on her pillow, on her bed, and on Ethan's, and just prayed for her. We've got scriptures for them that the Lord gave us when they were born. We, I took those up and just spent loads of time praying those scriptures over them, threw on some worship, you know, praise, just gave it my all, and just praised the Lord. In fact, I used the blessing. And I just had that on, top volume, marching around downstairs, um, praying that. And then even that evening, to be honest, we had a great time with the kids, just playing with them. There was just a lot of laughter and joy. But over the next couple of days, just watching Naomi transform, the next day, she asked me, Mummy, can you teach me some Bible verses? She wanted to start to learn the Word and um, picking her up from school, we were just walking out of school, and she just said, Mummy, I feel much happier than yesterday. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. and, you know, she's skipping around. She was skipping in here. She skips around at home. She started singing again. Joy has returned to the home. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Isn't Jesus amazing? Isn't Jesus amazing? Thank you, Lord. You know, when I heard that story, it made me weep for joy. Not one of our children is coming under the Spirit. And neither are you. You're not having a spirit of heaviness plug up the life of joy that God has given you. You're not going to put up with it. It's not going to... It's not going to be part of your natural inheritance because we do not have a natural inheritance. We have a spiritual inheritance. All good things in Christ Jesus. God loves us. He has invested all of himself in us. He has given us all the promises. He's given us authority over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall harm us. And I literally think this morning has been a bit of a, come on guys, what are we doing? Let's not put up with spirits of rebellion in our homes. Strive. We stand. Our battle is not against flesh and blood.
And all of this is so that we can be filled with the Holy Spirit. Not, not because, you know, you yourself can become the old you. No, in Christ you, full of God, the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. We die without him. Things, and we need each other. We need to be in this meeting. This is a good place for you to be today because there's victory in this place. There's victory here today. We've heard the word. We've heard the amazing testimony, the result of not taking everything naturally, but dealing with things in prayer and using our authority. And today, as a church, we're going to unite one heart. And if you're visiting, please unite with us. Because where there is agreement, the Lord commands a blessing. Where there's unity, one can put a thousand to flight to 10,000. So first of all, we're going to, in a, just in a fresh moment, say, Lord, do I, is there anything I need to do to say, I'm going to change my plans and stay in the land. Let's just stand and pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let's just pray. Father, we thank you for your word. And uh, we thank you, Lord, that in this story, Father, this son of promise, that we're all sons of promise, that you've promised to bless us in the place you've called us to be. And I pray, Father, that um, anyone who's been listening to natural plans, that they would hear your voice to stay in the place you've put them and not move. That's all part of obedience that brings blessing. Just say, Lord, I I want to be planted where you put me. Be really committed to sow in the place you've put me. Not just live half-heartedly, but to have faith but also to believe that you're going to bless and multiply us. Let's just thank him now for the blessing of those who've obeyed him before us, which meant that the blessing would come on us, ultimately Jesus. But other people's obedience has transformed your life too. Just thank God for others who have obeyed God, the call of God to serve him. Thank him that blessing is coming on our children for those who are willing to serve them. Thank him for the worship team who are willing to use their gifts to serve. Thank him for every connect group leader who's been willing to open their homes and their lives to to make disciples and encourage your faith. Their obedience has led to blessing. Thank God for the sound team, the, the welcome team, all of the people that have actually played a part, the brothers and sisters. Their obedience has led to blessing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank him for those who have gone on before us. (laughs) They're with the Lord now, but their lives were a bright, shining light. And because of them, we have come into things that we wouldn't have done without them. We just give thanks, Lord. We lift up our hands this morning and surrender to you. Not our will, but yours be done, Heavenly Father. As a sign, Lord, we surrender with our hands lifted up in respect and honor of who you are. You are God, but you're good. Thank you that you promised to bless us in this place and make us very fruitful. Multiply us, Lord. This is your promise, Lord, in the place you've called us. And Lord, we realize that this morning we've seen from your word there's been an uncovering of the work of the enemy to try and stop up the well, the life flow of this church, but also of individuals. And Lord, thank you that you've shown us what those stones are. Thank you, Lord, for knowledge and wisdom and understanding of what these things are. Thank you, Jesus. Now, we're going to say this together, united. And let me tell you ahead of time with what I'm going to say, because you might not want to repeat 
and jump on board because you don't know what I'm going to say. So we're going to say, in the name of Jesus, I command every critical and mocking spirit to leave now. Okay? And then give thanks that that's it, gone. Can we agree on that? And you know when you speak to the enemy, you are not quiet. You know, um, uh, Sandra had a bulldog run out of her house um, to attack this week. And she didn't say, oh, stop. Please don't. She went, stop. That's how you deal with the enemy. You've got to get beyond your passive moment. We're now going into a standing and using our authority. Okay, so are we in agreement? I tell you the Lord is going to be very pleased because it's going to be a release of the Spirit um, <laughs> because of this. Father, we thank you. Uh, we're believing for a release of the Holy Spirit this morning. But first of all, we're here to unplug and to command the enemy to move. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, the name above every name, all things must obey him. And all things must obey us according to the word of God. In Jesus' name, we speak to that critical mocking spirit and command you leave us. Leave us personally. What we do is not futile. It's significant. Who we are is not futile. It's significant what God has made us. And as a church, we've been raised for such a time as this to see a move of the Spirit, of encouragement, of love, of joy, of peace, and a river of life flowing from us. We thank you, Lord. Today the enemy has obeyed us. And he is gone. Amen. Yes, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. And in the name of Jesus, we speak to every spirit of heaviness. There has been plaguing individual lives and plaguing us as a church, making us sad and quiet. In the name of Jesus, we command you leave us and you have to go. Praise the Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we shout to you for victory. We shout unto God with a voice of triumph. We thank you for your spirit within us. Just thank him now. Lift up your hands and praise him for the life of his spirit. Come flow again, Holy Spirit. Fill us. Fill us again with your love, your joy, your peace, Lord. Come and fill us again. Holy Spirit, move in us individually that we would be so full of joy and praise that our mouths would be filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy, that people will say, what on earth are they on? And it will be said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for us. And we say the Lord has done great things for us. And we are filled with joy. Yes, Lord, praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord, thank you for restoring of dreams and visions again. The Lord, we've been, uh, some of us have been walking in the cloud, not even with a cloud over us, but now that cloud is gone. And Lord, I thank you that we can dream again through the spirit that you have put within us. Thank you for a hope and a future. 
restored to every single believer, every child in every family. Come on, let's pray for our children. Father, lift up their heads this morning. Lift them up, Lord, to live in the joy and the power of your Spirit. Thank you, our children will be happy and blessed in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And we just, uh, we just thank you for a freshness in, in our relationships together. Fresh release of love. Love for each other. A love that forgives. A love that cancels out wrong. We hold nothing against anyone. A love that never fails. A love that serves and is willing to live for the benefit of others. Lord, make us a generous people through your Spirit. Thank you for your Holy Spirit filling us afresh today. Hallelujah. Just while you're standing there, just give thanks. Just keep in prayer. Thank him for the power to overcome. We just have the team up. Power to overcome all your natural kind of, uh, sort of character. Holy Spirit, come and Lord, be God through me. Come and be who you are. Spirit of Christ, glorify the name that we love so much. The one that has given us everything. Glorify him in all our speaking, in all our actions. But Lord, make us a joyful people. Come on. Come on, Lord. (laughs) I believe it, Lord. I believe fresh joy and rejoicing in the house. Amen. Songs of praise, songs in the night, a new joy, celebration. Thank you for a garment of praise instead of a spirit of heaviness. Thank you, Father. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We hope you've enjoyed this message from Kingdom Faith Southwest. For further information, log on to kingdomfaithsw.com.